Good afternoon once again, uh, Emmanuel Church. Um, our text today will be coming from Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to uh, 56. So please open your Bibles at Luke 8, 40 to 56. Have you heard about the idiom, I am at the end of my rope? Here's one definition that I found about it. To be at the end of your rope means that you have reached the limit of your patience, resources, abilities, energy, and etc. And so you are unable to deal with the situation any longer. An example of this would be a statement that says, I've tried everything I know to fix this car, but it won't run. I'm at the end of my rope. Perhaps you have experienced this before. Well, for me, I think I reached the end of my rope in one of my examination. I said to myself, I've tried all the formulas I know to solve this problem, but my results don't even match the choices. So I'm at the end of my rope. Well, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56, there is a man named Jairus, a man who had an only daughter who's dying. There's also a woman who was hemorrhaging or bleeding for 12 years. Both of them have reached the end of their rope. And we find Jairus kneeling down and pleading with Jesus. And we found this woman risking her, herself to be exposed uh, to be unclean in the midst of the crowd by approaching Jesus from behind. And by God's grace, the two of them were able to receive what they need from God. But notice that these two are in the middle of the crowd. Know that these people might have come to Jesus, this crowd, for different reasons. In fact, at the beginning of our text, we would learn that they are expecting Jesus on his return, this crowd. But only these two persons, Jairus and this woman, have realized, understand, and saw Jesus for who he is. Jesus is the answer to their desperate need. Well, there might be times in our lives that we've been part of a crowd, just like what we're doing right now. We are part of uh, the crowd in the church. We are like the crowd in Luke 8. In a crowd, people like us gather for several reasons. Some of us might have come because we're praying to God to answer uh, the specific need that we have. Maybe a job promotion or a salary increment, a new relationship, a solution to a depressing problem, or maybe a financial breakthrough or an answer to our health concern. Whatever reasons you may have, I'm hoping that today you might see the message of God's word that Jesus is the answer to your desperate need. 
And it is in this idea that this passage is built, I mean, this sermon is built today. The main aim that I would like to communicate to us today is that God reveals that Jesus is the answer to our greatest need. So do not fear, only believe. God reveals that Jesus is the answer to our greatest need. Do not fear, only believe. And for us to be guided on our sermon, there are three headings. And those headings are, number one, God reveals our true need. Number two, God reveals the answer to our need. And number three, God meets our greatest need through the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we continue, let us come to the Lord in prayer and ask that he may grant us his spirit so that we can understand God's word. Let us all pray. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you and we ask Uh, that you send your spirit wherever we are right now to illumine our eyes and so that we might see how majestic, how glorious, and how is Jesus is the answer to our greatest need. Help us to see our greatest need, the need of Jesus in our lives, the need to be forgiven from our sins the need to be saved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's begin reading from our passage from Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 43. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 43. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. As we have read from the text, we see again the gathering of this crowd towards Jesus. This is the same crowd that was mentioned at the beginning of Luke chapter 8. If you will go back to verse 1, and if you will Remember Pastor Jesse's preaching, I think that was uh, two weeks ago. Jesus compared that crowd that follows him into two kinds of ground. The ground that received the seed of God's word that falls into it. Whenever someone preached the good news, and in this case, Jesus is the one preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And there are two kinds of ground. The first one is the bad ground, and the, sac- the second one is the good ground. And Jesus compared the, the heart of the people to a bad ground when the seed of God's word comes to their hearts but does not grow. 
it does not bear fruit. On the other hand, Jesus compared others into a good ground, a heart that received the word of God and it takes roots into their heart. It grows by the means of the work of the Holy Spirit. It bears fruit of faith and repentance is a good ground. That's what the Lord Jesus has said. And now Luke turns our eyes into a particular man. As if Luke was saying, here is a crowd that will once again meet Jesus and welcome Jesus. But look at this man. Look at Jairus. See if he is a good ground or a bad ground. Luke is saying, observe him. See his background, his situation in life, his actions. Can the seed of God's word grow in him? See how the word of God comes to Jairus and how God reveals to Jairus his true need. Who is Jairus? When we go back to uh, verse 40, we can see, in verse 40 and 41, we can see that there's a crowd, and then verse, verse 41, there, just then a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of a synagogue. So a leader of a synagogue in today's context is someone like me or someone like Pastor Jesse, someone who leads the church, manage the matters concerning worship service, just like what happened today. Someone who also teaches people about the scripture or the word of God. Jairus leads people into the word and in prayer. His life is an example to be followed. So that's Jairus. He is a leader, but he's not an ordinary leader. Jairus is a leader of a Jewish community. So whatever Jairus is seen to be doing is observed by the Jewish community. And they are to follow his example. By principle of the Israelites, Jairus cannot kneel down to, to anyone else. But he kneeled down, he fell down at the feet of Jesus. And that is expressing that he believes whatever the claims of Jesus is. And what is the claim of Jesus? Jesus teaches and preaches that the kingdom of God has come to mankind through him. So it will be very surprising for all the Jewish community, especially to the Pharisees who are teaching Moses' law, when they see Jairus falling down at Jesus' feet. So what does this signify of Jairus? Jairus is showing that he is humbling himself before the Lord. He is considering Jesus to be having um, higher authority than all the people that are surrounding him. But Luke adds a certain reason why Jairus came and fell down at the feet of Jesus. Uh, look again at verse 42. We can read that because he had an only daughter and she was dying. In other words, Jesus, uh, sorry, Jairus has a need for Jesus. He expressed to Jesus Christ his need. And so uh, let's look 
on this need of Jairus? What can we learn from this need? Luke focused our attention on the misery that Jairus is in. He wants us to see the intensity of Jairus' fear of losing his only child over death. So Luke emphasizes the fear uh, of Luke that reflects the fear of mankind over death. From the time of Adam and Eve when they fall, uh, when they sinned against God, this is their fear. This is the fear of all humanity. I, experience, I myself experienced to lose uh, someone I love. Uh, I witnessed the death of my grandmother who was very dear to me. Uh, but Jairus had an only daughter and, he wa- and she was dying. It's just so heartbreaking. When I was in the Philippines and I was sharing the gospel to some of the people on, on my community, uh, there was this mother who had her youngest daughter and she received the news from school that her daughter suddenly collapsed. And when they made a medical check, the doctor said that she has leukemia, uh, not an ordinary leukemia. I think that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's AML, or that's the leukemia that cannot be healed. A series of chemotherapy was done to remove the cancer cells from her blood, but after just a few months she died from that sickness it was just heartbreaking to see this mother um, losing the child that she loves Jairus condition is no different it is hard to see your precious one dying and that's his need why he came to Jesus but God is gracious to Jairus Before the Lord Jesus can heal his daughter, God will use a a situation of a suffering woman so that Jairus will believe that Jesus really is the answer to his need. We will know about the suffering of this woman later on our second point. But for now, what I want you to see is that God, by his sovereign goodness, is arranging everything. He is sovereign to author salvation to humans like Jairus and this woman. God will allow Jairus to witness another person who was suffering like him. Jairus was with joy with her uh, daughter for 12 years. And in the 12 year, maybe that's the time that the daughter got sick and she was dying. But look, here is this woman who has been long suffering for 12 years with an incurable sickness. She has been looking for answers everywhere and she cannot find a solution. In fact, um, she spent all she had on doctors, but no one could give her the right solution. And this is the condition that God is revealing to Jairus uh, about his need. And this is the condition that that God wants to reveal to this woman that they need a definite solution um, to their problems. By God's grace, this person heard the coming of Jesus. And by God's grace, God used their desperation 
that lead them to go to the answer to their need, which is no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is the same reality that the Bible is teaching or informing everyone, all mankind, over and over again. This passage gives us a striking picture of the condition of our souls. This account gives us a mirror to look on and see that we, each of one, each one of us, have a need. See yourself in Jairus' daughter. Human's life here doesn't last forever. The, the Bible gives us passages that describe how human's life end with death. Isaiah 47 says that we are like fresh grass in the field and a beautiful flower here to the, today and gone tomorrow. And James 4.17 teaches us that for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So see yourself in Jairus' daughter. Our life doesn't last forever. It ends with death. And then look at the agony that Jairus is in. Jairus might be happy for a period of 12 years with his precious daughter. In the same way, humans have time in their life about having a peak in the peak of joy and happiness but sorrow is a reality. Sorrow is what sin has brought to us. We are living in a sin-tainted, broken world where loved ones got, get sick and people suffer losses. When, while we are alive, there is a time for everything. There is a time to laugh, but there is also time to weep. And there is a time to mourn. There's a time to dance, but look at the agony of Jairus. Uh, this is the reality that God wants Jairus to see, that he has a need that needs a definite solution, that he has a problem that needs a definite solution. And then look at this woman who had sickness that cannot be healed. She had gone to every possible way she knows to solve her problem, but ended disappointed, distressed, and depressed. And so maybe you are also having a problem. Maybe you are um, having a, a depression or something uh, that this sin-tainted, broken world has brought to us. Our sin has brought to us. Know uh, that this is signifying our need for a definite solution. Like the crowd in this passage, like this woman, like Jairus, you are presented with the proclamation of God's word and God is working things together by his sovereign goodness so that you might hear this word today. Uh, it is the seed of God's word that is being scattered to your heart. The question is, what kind of heart do you have? Do you have a good ground or a bad ground? Can the seed of God's word grow in you? Do you see the reality of sin in your life and your need of a definite solution? Do you acknowledge what the Bible says to be definite and true? The Bible tells us 
that the nature of man is that death is a reality for him because of his sin. The Bible says that God intends to dwell with humans and humans um, are to live with God forever. But sin entered the world and ruined man, resulting in the decaying body leading to death. And to restore the good creation of God, God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the only answer to our desperate need. Jesus is who Jairus needs. Jesus is who this woman needs. Jesus is who the daughter needs. And Jesus is who you need. As we continue in our passage, we shall see that all the situations and events in life of Jairus and this woman has been arranged by God so that they can see Jesus for who he is. For Jesus reveals the answer to our need. If God reveal, uh, sorry, God reveals the answer to our needs. If God reveals that we have a need, God also reveals the answer to our need. And so, read with me from uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 44 to 48. So, the woman approached Jesus from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and, and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. At the end of verse 42, we see Jesus responding to the request of Jairus. But Luke suddenly talks about an interruption. So can you imagine how uh, the tense of the situation here is going on with Jairus? It's like you are in an emergency you know the gravity of the condition of your a child that she's dying. And finally, with all the sacrifices that you made by uh, kneeling down uh, in the feet of Jesus, not caring about what the other lead, uh, Pharisees will say to you, uh, there's an interruption that hinders Jesus from going and proceeding to your place. You heard Jesus asking everyone, who touched me? I would imagine that if you are Jairus, one of the possible questions that you might ask is this. Uh, I thought he is the son of God. Why doesn't he know who touched him? And how can he heal my daughter if he couldn't even know who touched him? But in this very situation that Jairus is in, uh, Jairus should, should find comfort in this. Uh, that Jesus is truly God, but Jesus is also truly human in this particular moment. He is searching for someone who touched him, for power has gone out of him. Je Jesus 
is a truly human who can understand the suffering and agony of Jairus. Uh, that the human condition is very well known by Jesus Christ. He knows exactly the limitation of human beings like Jairus. Uh, Jesus is actually soon going to die uh, himself on the cross. So he knows the agony of the people whom he are going to save. So Jairus is in this particular situation, but this particular situation was planned by God so that God can work in his heart. Let's see how God reveals to Jairus that it is right for him to come to Jesus, that Jesus is the answer to his need. Uh, Jairus heard Peter reply to the Lord on his question. And if you will allow me to rephrase the, the response of Peter to Jesus, it could go this way. Master, can't you see all these people who are pressing you in? Rather than asking who touched you, wouldn't you ask who touched you not? And what is the response of the Lord to him? Jesus explained himself to Peter. He said, someone touched me. And then you heard Jesus saying, I know because power has come out of me. The woman who was bleeding was instantly healed. And so place again yourself in the situation of Jairus. If you have understood what Jesus is saying here, it will be a comfort for you. Because someone's need was met by Jesus. In the same way that someone's need that that someone's need was met by Jesus, Jairus' need will be also met by Jesus Christ. Verse 47 says, And the woman saw that she was that she was discovered by Jesus. She came trembling and fell before Jesus. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. In the first point that we covered, Jairus fell at Jesus' feet, pleading because his only daughter is dying. Jairus is fearing the death of his only child. If you are Jairus, what could be your reaction to this? You are a synagogue leader. And you saw a woman interrupting Jesus. And this woman felt the reason why she interrupted Jesus and she got healed. And she told that she was bleeding. And she touched the end of the robe of Jesus and she got healed. And if you are Jairus, if you are a synagogue leader, you might be having this feeling inside how what what am i to do about this woman this woman is isn't supposed to be here uh abby read from us for us in numbers that israelites are to send away someone from the community who has a discharge of blood the book of leviticus says that she is to stay away from everyone and only after seven days from the day the bleeding stops can she go to the priest, offer an atoning sacrifice, and be made clean? And so, her uncleanness signifies that she shouldn't be there and interrupting Jesus. But you see her there. 
Why? Because she found Jesus to be the answer to her need. And God used this situation so that Jairus' faith would be strengthened. Look again at verse 47. Luke told us that the woman's sense of sight was triggered. Verse 47 says that when the woman saw that she was discovered. In other words, the woman was the very first person in that crowd who saw Jesus for who he is. Because of this, she came trembling and fell down at the feet of Jesus. She did not fear men. Uh, look at verse 47. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason why she had touched Jesus and how she was instantly healed. Now look at the response of Jesus to this woman. In the same way that her physical illness was healed immediately, Jesus also immediately restored her peace. Jesus pronounced in verse 48, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Jesus did not only restore her physical being, but also her spiritual being. Jesus made her clean in the sight of God. The peace that she longed for was given to her. Who could declare such a wonderful gift of peace to a person who has been longing for this she has done everything else but she couldn't find it and then now she find it she found it in jesus everything happened in the sight of jairus so that god could reveal to him that jesus is the answer to his need today as we listen to the proclamation of this word, I would like to ask, where is your peace with God? Have you found it in Jesus? Are you like this woman, searching everywhere else the answer to her desperate need? Are you like Jairus? Do you see Jesus as the only as, do you see Jesus as only as a provider for a physical healing? Or do you see Jesus to be meeting our greatest need, which is spiritual healing, just like the way he did to this woman? Do you see Jesus as God's provision, as an atoning sacrifice for your sin? For Jesus bore our sin in the cross when he died to pay, to pay for the penalty of our sin. He rose again to life so that peace can be restored to us, so that death can be no more, and life can be eternally spent with God. So if you are hearing this word, or you are in a particular situation in life, know that this is not hidden from God. Know that everything was revealed in God's sight, and God can give you faith so that you will see that Jesus is who you need. Whoever you are, whatever your situation in life, you may be like Jairus or this woman, I would like to plead to you or encourage you to kneel on the same ground where everybody will find themselves kneeling down and confessing 
that they need Jesus. Jairus is very opposite to this woman. He, he has 12 years of happiness and joy with his only daughter. This woman has 12 years of suffering. Jairus is accepted and highly regarded by people because he is a synagogue leader. This woman is disregarded by many because she is unclean. Jairus is face to face with Jesus. This woman approached Jesus from behind. They have the exact opposite situation in life. And what does this teach us? Luke or the scripture is trying to teach us that if you, you can be Jairus and you can be like this woman, whatever your situation in life, you will find the same ground where Jairus and this woman kneel down. They kneel down at the feet of Jesus because they found their answer to their need in Jesus Christ. As we continue on this passage, let's now see how God writes salvation in the heart of Jairus in the same way that he wrote salvation in the heart of this woman. Let us see how Jesus meet their greatest need, their need to be saved. Read with me from Luke chapter 8, verse 49 to 56. While he was still speaking, someone came from the synagogue's leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, Don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be saved. After he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her. But he said, stop crying because she is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him because they knew she was dead. So he took her by the hand and called out, child, get up. Her spirit returned and she got up at once. Then he gave orders that she be given something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he instructed them, to tell no one what had happened. So again, imagine yourself to be with Jairus, or if you are Jairus, what could be your reaction? I remember um, when my grandmother felt sick, she passed out, and I saw her being carried by my mom, unconscious. I thought that she had died already. And so I ran outside of our house barefooted in the middle of the night, shouting at every door, asking for help. Uh, this, must, this might be the case for Jairus when he heard the reality of death has dawned on him about the death of his only daughter. He received the most shocking and probably unbearable news that your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And perhaps this is the most shocking news that Adam and Eve also received when they learned that their precious son, Abel, is dead. The reality of death has dawned on them. They realized that what God had declared in the Garden of Eden when they sinned against God is true. That death shall come to man because of sin. 
This is true when we go to cemetery. We see tombs, and the year of birth was written there, and the year the person died was written there. There are people who died of old age, but there were also babies. There were people who died in the prime of their life. Death is a reality because of sin. But another reality is being worked out by God in the heart of Jairus. Read with me again at verse 15. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, Don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be saved. This is the same statement that the Lord has been preaching and teaching and telling everyone when he goes from villages and towns that the kingdom of God has come through him, that he is the resurrection of the dead. He is the life-giving person. He raised someone from the dead, and now he's going to show it again in the very eyes of Jairus. This very statement, don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be saved, is the very statement that Jairus need to hear. The word of God should come to the heart of Jairus. His need is not primarily the healing of his daughter. His need is to discover who Jesus is. His greatest need is the same greatest need that everyone needs. To see Jesus for who he is. And to see our need to be saved. Jesus preached this good news that though sin is a reality... Life in Him is another reality that must be believed in. There is life after death in Christ Jesus. There are three instances in the Bible that Jesus raises the dead back to life. Jesus will raise Lazarus back to life after a few chapters. Jesus has raised the widow's son. Remember that in Pastor Jesus' preaching. And in this account, Jesus is raising Jairus' daughter back to life. Jesus is the only one who can give life after death. In fact, the Bible proclaims that Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus is the answer to the need of all mankind. The need to be saved. The need of new life in Him. But... Unholy fear fear keeps us from the path of God's work. Look at verse 51, how these people reacted on Jesus. After he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her. See the fear of the world about the death. Because they don't know the answer to their greatest need. They have this unholy fear. When we continue to read, Jesus said in verse 52, Stop crying because she is not dead but asleep. Jesus is signifying what he can do. That he is the one who provides life after death. Jesus' words assure those who believe in him that death has no power over him. Jesus has the authority over death. 
and life is supplied by Him. But verse 53 says, They laughed at Him because they knew she was dead. In other words, these people doesn't know Jesus for who He is. The word has been proclaimed to them, but the hardness of their hearts doesn't allow to receive God's word to grow in their hearts. And only those who see Jesus as the answer to their need realize that they can be saved through Jesus Christ. So you see God's work here? God's work is to reveal who Jesus is. And we will see this when we read from verse, 50, from verse 53, they laughed at him because they knew she was dead. From verse 54, so he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned and she got up at once. Then he gave orders that she be given something to eat. Jesus is the only person who can give life to, to our situation, to our to the reality of death in us. Remember the preaching of Pastor Jesse that the truth or the parable is used by God to reveal who he is and it also you, it's also being used to conceal the truth to those who, have, who are having hard hearts. In verse 1551, we can see that only the father and the mother, Peter, John, and James, was allowed by Jesus to enter the house. In other words, he is not allowing unholy fear to hinder the work of God, but only the faith that works so that God's salvation can come to them. This is the nature of God's work of salvation. First, God works in the hearts of men so that they will see the reality of sin and death. And Jairus witnessed this. And we today have witnessed this many times. We have loved ones, probably, whom we have lost. Second, that there is life after death for those who believe in Jesus. That the word of God reveals Jesus for who he is. That he is the answer to our need of salvation. This is how God worked in the heart of these five people. God revealed to these five people the work of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus held the hand of Jairus' daughter and he said, Child, get up. Her spirit returned and she got up at once. Then he gave them orders that she be given something to eat. Picturing the reality of the resurrection. In the future, at the coming of the Lord Jesus, those who believe in him will dine with him at his table. Just like how he has ordered it, his, their, the parents of this child to, gi to give the child something to eat. This is a reflection of the coming resurrection with Christ Jesus. In the same way, the word of God proclaimed, being proclaimed in our midst today, in our hearing, is given to us by the Holy Spirit. 
Are you one of those who are mourning and weeping, who are having no hope, who are having no hope of life after death? This sermon, this very passage, speaks to you today. Do not fear, only believe that Jesus is the answer to your greatest need. Are you like Jairus and his parents? People are influencing them. They are laughing. They have no view of the resurrection. Ask the Lord of grace to write faith in your hearts instead of unholy fear. God uses whatever situation you might have in your life so that we might find Jesus to be the answer to our greatest need. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God is the one who is writing faith in our hearts so that we might see Jesus for who he is, that Jesus is the answer to our greatest need. And for those of you who have yet come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, if you fear death, if you fear sickness, if you are depressed, being outcast, if you are feeling what this sin-tainted broken world has brought to you because of the reality of sin, know that there is another reality. And that reality is that Jesus holds the life that he can give to you. And it's only given for those who believe. Let us all pray. Father in heaven, we um, pray to you, Lord God, that you will...